I think it's important as parents to teach our kids the value of work, to help them understand that work is not something that we need to avoid. Uh, We may not even be super passionate about it at times, and that's not what leads us, but God has given us work. He's put it in our hands uh, as something to yeah. do. He was the first worker in how he created. Uh, so we do have that wiring in us to work and not to just exist. Uh, so hmm. today that conversation is going to take us through what is what is work? What is the work of our children? What are we preparing them for? Yeah. Uh, why, all, why do we make all these decisions that we make uh, to prepare them for life? Hmm. And uh, what is the wonder? That's how I want to word it. (laughs) Anyway, we'll see you on the other side. (laughs) You know, Selena, anytime you have a chance to alliterate, you have to... You have to alliterate the thing. Even if it may not go with the name, <laughs> the topic that we're talking about, but it's okay. It's the wonder of work. The wonder of work. The I, wonder of work. Because work is good, all right? It I'm convinced good. that if we, you know, had Adam not, had Adam and Eve not sinned, they wouldn't just be sitting back. Eating. No, they were still tending to the garden. Right. Yes. They would still be working and it would be different. There wouldn't be the labor, right? Yeah. La- well, you know, I mean, God said he of, cursed the ground and yeah. then... It, but it would still be a cultivation and yes. a work and a glad. Co- and I'm convinced that even on the new heaven and new earth, like after God makes all things mm-hmm. new, there's going to be work to be well, done. And I think this conversation is just trying to combat some of the mm. cultural narrative that is like, you know, you got to find your passion and you just got to do whatever you f- feels good. And that's your work and you'll find your purpose in that. Right. There's a lot of red flags to that whole spiel and conversation yeah. as Christians <clears throat> and believers. And hopefully we see that for what it is. But uh, before we do that, Ryan, Selena Frederick, all the things of fierce parenting, fierce marriage, <laughs> uh, whatever. Yeah, welcome to the fierce parenting side of things. Uh, if you want to participate mm-hmm. in this community, we would love to have your participation. The f- best way you can do that, leave a rating and a review if you're listening to the podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, leave a comment. Let us know who you are. Let us know where you're from. Let us know a question that you have. Mm-hmm. We read those. We're tabulating those. We're going to be answering questions as we continue on through doing these videos. Go ahead and smash that subscribe button to the Fierce Family on YouTube. We would love to uh, continue to have an opportunity to speak into your life and encourage Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. as far as you would allow it. Um, Our commitment to you is this. We're going to do our best and we're going to always keep everything as well as we can. We're not perfect, but we want to keep it centered on God's word, centered on on the scriptures, Mm -hmm. centered on the gospel. So if that strikes a note with you and you want to partner even deeper, you can go to fierceparenting.com slash partner. And there are ways to hop on board and to be on mission in an even deeper level, namely supporting the mission so that we can stay independent of things like advertisers and having to schlep wares that we don't actually like. We're never going to have ads like (laughs) that. I only schlep wares that I like, (laughs) speaking of. Save the babies. Save all the babies. Um, That's Hope Outfitters, right? Hopeoutfitters.com. So they gave us some cool, some cool gear, but, um, but that was just totally their generosity. Yes, that was their generosity. um, so the point is, uh, if you want to be partners with us, go to fierceparenting.com slash partner. That's how the gospel works, right? right. We're doing this together. All right. So work, this work. idea of work. work. I, you mentioned uh, the, the cultural narrative around passion, right? Yeah. So growing up, people would always ask like, hey, what's your passion? Just pursue <laughs> your passion. You got to self-actualize, right? There's, I think there's merit to that, right? There's there's certain ways that God has wired us. Like our yeah. oldest, she loves to draw. It's the wrong order. She loves to draw. And I want her, as long as she's able, I would love for her to continue to cultivate the skill and the desire and the passion to create beautiful artwork. Mm-hmm. However, I'm going to say to her, do this unto God's glory, not your own. Mm-hmm. 
right? And so there is something about passion that's important. But on the other side, now when I speak to men, so in some of the men's events that we've done or when I um, am speaking to men that I'm discipling or being discipled alongside, we often, I, I like to make the contrast between passion-motivated work and craftsman-motivated work. And I've been doing this with our, gir- our girls too. So mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the ongoing kind of truisms that are around our household is Fredericks are makers, not breakers, mm-hmm. right? We create things. We don't yes. destroy things. Our two-year-old's still in the destroyer phase. <laughs> we don't tear <laughs> things down. We build things up. Yes. And part of that is, comes from the idea of contrasting passion versus craftsman mentalities when approaching work. Now, just really briefly, people who are motivated by passion, this is why you see people moving from job to job to job, because they're looking to harvest value from their work. Right. They want to self-actualize through their work, right? I'm an artist. I need to express myself or I, am, I, I want to do something that I enjoy that I believe in. Well, that's true. But if that's the only driver... And you're always going to be trying to harvest something from the work. Mm. A craftsman, on the other hand, is trying to put instill value into the thing that they're creating. Instead of taking value from it, they're putting value in it. That's mm. why you'll see a craftsman who's truly passionate about his craft. He will go, he'll spend the, the 90% of his time on the last 10% of the project mm-hmm. because it's got to be, it's got to be perfect because that's his craft because right. he's, he wants, you know, think about a, a dinner table mm. or a rocking chair mm-hmm. that is built to perfection. It, it, he wants it to last for generations. Yeah. It, and yes, does he love his work? Yes. But that's not the primary motivator. It's to add value to the customer. So mm-hmm. I love uh, I love that picture because it helps me think. To me, it's, it's more biblical to look at work, not as a thing to extract value from, but something to add value to. Yeah. And that's why this big picture of the why behind all uh, the teaching that we give our children around work is... It's not a means to glorify yourself or to actualize yourself, but it's a means to glorify God, mm-hmm. to help and love others. So good. Yeah. So good. So as a parent, being a parent takes work, right? Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, our kids actually have work as well. I'm not just talking about chores, but uh, play is a big part of their work and how they learn to be responsible hmm. and engage with the world around them. But we want to take some time to kind of answer these questions of how do we know what God's work is uh, and what his will is for their lives, right? How do we know hmm. what his work and his will is for their lives? What is work? How do we view work, right? We were kind of touching on that a bit. Hmm. Uh, is it something that we're just passionate about and this is that's that's what work is? Or is work sometimes doing things, doing the hard things that we don't always want to do uh, with a willing heart and attitude? Uh, do we work just for the means of, of being done and, ple- and the pleasure that comes with after that? Or are we, hmm. again, being a craftsman, are we trying to work and add value to something? Um, I love this one. How do we talk about work around our children? Mm-hmm. So if you're always complaining about our, your job, right, when it's just a means to an end, is that healthy? Right. Is that is that okay? Yeah, yeah, I mean, another conversation about it could just be, God, thank you that I have a job that I can feed my family. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not something you enjoy all the time, but you know what? It's sometimes we got to do what we got to do to take care of our family, right? Uh, those people that God has given us to steward and be an obedient, in, live in obedience with. So, uh, what is the work of our children? Uh, what uh, what are we modeling? How are we living obediently? Right. Mm. Uh, and when hardships come in work, what? How are we teaching them to deal with conflict with others, uh, and how to love each other, and and how can we kind of prepare their hearts uh, for hard things, and how they can stand up for themselves. Uh, and also just in winsome ways, I think, with others to be able to deal with conflict because our world is just uh, getting more and more, I think, fiery. Like you can't just say 
no to something, you're now an affront to something else just by saying you don't agree with something. And so uh, I think there's some wisdom to be gleaned in how we navigate that and teach our children to do the same. So we're teaching our children about work, specifically about God working through the work that Mm -hmm. our children are commissioned into. Yeah. Whether that's the work of parenting or the work of some vocation Mm -hmm. or the work of whatever... So as we talk about that, I want to undergird it with this big theme of stewardship. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, Scott Rodin is is kind of the world's foremost effort. I, I will say that the world's yeah. foremost expert, I'll say, on stewardship. Um, I think it's Kingdom Life Publishing is his where all his books are. Mm-hmm. He's a as he was a client of mine for a while on the website, and he's become somebody that I just really respect. He talks about two kingdom living. So someone who has a two kingdom mentality will say that. God is building his kingdom over here and I'm participating in that, but I'm also building my own kingdom Mm. over here. I have a mini kingdom and he has this big kingdom and that's fine. And he's king over that kingdom and I'm king over this kingdom. And Scott will tell you that that is not the Christian way to live. We have a one kingdom mentality Mm -hmm. that everything that I have, I'm actually, it's all God's Mm -hmm. and I'm just a steward over that thing, including the breaths that he gives me Mm. day by day, Mm. uh, the things around me that he gives me to steward, the lives and the hearts that he's given me in my wife and in my Mm. children. She's not mine. She is God's, and I'm a steward over her heart. I'm a steward over my children's hearts. And we will give an account to God for how we stewarded uh, those relationships. Yeah. Um, and we don't do this perfectly in the Frederick home. Like that's kind of a, just a disclaimer. And I don't think anybody does it perfectly, but again, we can go to God with our small mm. loaves and a few fish. Right. And he is so faithful to multiply the efforts, uh, through yeah. his presence. So let's not make excuses. God's given us all we need for life and godliness. We see this in second Peter one, three, he sustains us and strengthens us, uh, for the work that he has prepared for us. We see this in Philippians four thirteen also. So, Let's talk about a few of these questions. I think, how do we know what God's work and will is for our lives and for the lives of our children? Hmm. Uh, The Bible tells us that it is fruitfulness and the Great Commission. I don't know if there's an order to that. (laughs) I just think... Well, I mean, to me, there's an Old Testament mandate. There's the the cultural mandate. And then there's the Great Commission. The cultural mandate is go, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. That's a cultural mandate that is for mankind. Mm -hmm. Christian or not men i think the men and women mankind we are wired for production yeah we're not wired for leisure mm-hmm. that's just why you see i mean you could do the studies but see people that retire and then move to some retirement town we lived in one for five years mm-hmm. people get there and they retire and they start to de- they, their health deteriorates yeah. they're not we're not designed for leisure we're designed mm-hmm. to produce to be productive uh individuals and that has to do with kind of the hard wiring as and that cultural mandates is be fruitful, mm-hmm. multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, do something productive with your life, mm-hmm. with your time. That's why usually the quickest way out of depression, many psychologists will say, is just put your hand to something mm-hmm. meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first, that's the fruitfulness piece. Now you could make an argument that in, in Old Testament times, the fruitfulness had to do with, especially around the Abrahamic covenant, with mm-hmm. bearing children, having many children and, and seeing them grow up into people that feared the Lord and, right. and seeing your generations multiply. Now into the Great Commission, we have a different type of fruitfulness. Our fruitfulness has to do with multiplying spiritual children. Yeah. And that, don't hear that in a weird way, but what we mean by that is share the gospel. Mm-hmm. Share with someone yeah. who Christ is, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then see them now turn into disciples of Christ mm-hmm. themselves, disciples who go on and make disciples. Right. So 
These that, are yeah. these are big markers of a believer, right? The repenting, the believing, um, and then the bearing of fruit, right? Mm-hmm. By the, the the power of the Holy Spirit, we can bear fruit of the Spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, the faithfulness. Other fruitfulness, yeah, right. We have fruitfulness again, and by God's grace, you yeah. know, we're able to have babies, maybe physically, or whether that's through adoption. Um, but fruitfulness often requires work, and that is good work that God mm. has given us to do. Uh, I remember uh, being in kind of a growing up in a prosperity like gospel kind of church where you know the word blessing was just used for all of the things like you would just get a blessing and that would mean financial gain right or ease or leisure or some Mm. sort of alleviation of of work and the as i grew older and and kind of Mm. studied the bible a little bit more i realized that blessings they are good but they come with work and they take work and it's but that's good it's not something that i need to avoid or run away from or try to control somehow and not engage with there's work to be done here on earth i mean god gave adam his first job for lack of a better term Mm. to name all the animals right him and eve they tended the garden like we said uh we see that work uh produces fruit right yeah and so that's one of the narratives around teaching our children Right. right, preparing them for the work that God might have in them. So, God gives gifts, uh, you know, giftings, and uh, like we talked about, our oldest who loves yeah. to draw, or our, our middle child who I think is just an analytical thinker, and mm-hmm. I'm loving to seeing how that certain kind of inclination and gifting is working itself out. But reminding her that that is there as a blessing for the good work that God has for mm. you. And we're not going to say, you know, you have to now go to the nth degree to call that good work. Like you don't have to be some world renowned artist, singer, thinker, academic, whatever. But no, the good worthy work that God will have you do will, will, will the only thing that we can say for sure is that it will have to do with glorifying him. Right. And it will have to do with stewarding what he's given you unto his eternal glory. Right. And the tasks that he might be asking us to do, uh, our response often reveals, uh, kind of where our hearts are in in work, right? When you were saying, mm. you know, if, if you don't have to be, I guess if you're like striving to be the best in the world for the recognition of that, you know, I mean, yeah, you'll probably, you might get that at a sacrifice at a cost if you're willing to pay that. But mm. God is concerned with your heart. You know, God is concerned with uh, the orientation and the attitude of, okay, I'm asking you to, yes, tell your toddler no one more time and put them in time out for the nth teenth time today <laughs> and I need you to do that lovingly and patiently and it you know we don't want to do it but again that's where it's God saying okay I've got your heart I want to I want to I want to get this out of you I want to get this this you know lack of compassion whatever it is I want to work on this I want to I want you to have freedom and goodness with your with your child mm. so let's let's work on this together Hmm. Question number two, we're going to dive into how do you as a parent view work? Uh, and then I guess that would probably go into the conversation of how do you talk about work in front of your children? Yeah, that's good. And this is one of these things where it's more caught than taught, right? So For we sure. could tell our kids that work is good and it's worth uh, doing under the glory of God. But if they see you complaining all the time, anytime you have an inconvenience, yes. or anytime you have to do laundry or anytime you have to <laughs> go out of your way, um, yeah. it's funny cause I've, I've taken to fixing our own vehicles lately. <laughs> like I had, I've done a bunch of work on our, on our engines. Um, and it's funny how, uh, you know, the, the girls will enjoy it if they see me enjoying it. They do. And they I'll do. pull them into it and say, yeah. yeah, I've got a, you know, I recently had to, um, 
remount one of the the oil pan right i had to rethread the hole and mm-hmm. do all the stuff to it because it's you know astronomical <laughs> to to change it or have someone else do it and yeah. this was the best way and they wanted to be part of that and so to say this isn't just a drag that i'm doing this on a tuesday night at 8 p.m under terrible garage lighting and it's cold but they can now participate in that they start to pick that up they do they and do. so that's far more i think instructive to our children not well, that i'm perfect in no, that because no, no, i do no. complain I think, a lot i know but, but i mean i don't complain a lot but i complain enough <laughs> <laughs> i think yes it's looking at that work as an opportunity to learn right and not are, is this just oh, a temporary hardship that i have to kind of get through to do what i really want to do but how do we recalibrate our attitudes and i'm speaking to myself you know the most of gosh sometimes things just the most mundane things they seem so challenging and so difficult because i just don't want to do it let's just do it quick and get it done and i think god's like i have more for you uh, to experience and understand and glean from this opportunity i'll say as a as a as a son okay i love my dad but whenever he had to do chores around the house he would tend to be really short and kind of prone to irritation i'll say and early on in our marriage when i was doing something i would be oh, that I thought way that was to me us. today. I thought you were talking about that me. <laughs> no, I would. I, I find I found myself emulating his right. behavior. I was sure. mimicking him, or I was doing what the, yeah. the behavior that I observed growing up. So I realized, like, this is just dragging my wife through the ringer. I'm a huge jerk. I need to actually like we be loving, to, and yeah, I don't can, have to be a jerk right now. Right. I can show her that that work is okay, and it's, it's not good. doesn't yeah. have to be something that just messes up the balance. So I think that's important as parents to to you keep that in the forefront of our mind. Yeah. Even when you're doing the mundane, like you said, the mundane things, yeah, practice, especially then. Practice gratefulness, practice contentment, Listen, practice delight in the Lord. I'm mowing the lawn today because this is the, the, the little piece of land that God's given us mm-hmm. and we are going to steward it unto his glory Amen. and until they, he takes it away. Amen. And, uh, and kids, let's do that together. Let's enjoy it <laughs> together. I think that's a very instructive for them. Uh, so we talked about the work of children, not just like chores, but mm. a lot of psychologists will argue that play is the work of children. And so yeah. as adults, we do tend to lose this sort of sense of, of play. And it, it, let's be honest, it's not always easier fun to play with your toddler or your little kids. Ryan likes to play doctor. He just lays there and they Best take game. out their doctor stuff and they... Girls, it's time you know, to play doctor. And they just, love, just lay down. And yep. <laughs> they just check his fingers and he just gets to lay there. And they just, just... You will take a few shots to the throat and maybe to the groin <laughs> if you're not careful. So you got to be... You got to be heavy. <laughs> but it's hard to play with kids that are bossy, right? But that is how kids begin to interact with their world. They learn boundaries. They learn social skills. Uh, there are a ton of quotes. I wanted to share a quote about what chi- what play does for mm. a child. Uh, one person said, A child who does not play is not a child, but the man who does not play has lost forever the child who lived in him. Creative play is like a spring that bubbles up from deep within a child. <laughs> this is funny. These are I know. These are funny ones. Children have always learned and created places for themselves through play. It gives them a chance to practice what they are learning. Yeah. That was Mr. Rogers. Yeah, that's timeless timeless wisdom right yes. there. Yeah, I think the, the point is, is like if, if we see a child at play as a child at work, mm-hmm. I think that helps us as parents to maybe put that in a different category yeah. in our mind. They're so not good. just messing around. There's something about pretending that is doing something that is the hard work of a child. Yeah. There's something about the mess that they're making. <clears throat> they're learning something in it. I'm going to keep my cool because I don't like messes. <laughs> uh, it's funny because we say like the work of a believer is to believe. Yeah. Well, the work of a child is to be a child and, play, yeah. and to play mm-hmm. and to act as a child would act in a, in a way that is 
glory. Like this is why I love when Jesus says, "Let the child, let the children come. Yeah, let them be loud. Let them be chaotic. The Don't yeah. shoot them away. Let yes, them be let them come. what I've created them to be. Let the, I mean, it's almost like let the butterflies like flit around and be butterflies. Yeah. Like that's what they're created to be. <laughs> and and so <laughs> our children butterflies. <laughs> one of them is. You know which one. Um, yeah, so that's so good. So that, that I think that's. Re- helpful and destructive to me as a as a dad because right. i can feel like you know what you're just you're just messing around why don't you act like an adult oh because you're, <laughs> you're a child <laughs> okay so are there ways and there's another question are there ways we can prepare their hearts for hard things right uh and if you follow any like sarah mckenzie or read aloud revival or anybody that really talks about reading aloud and and reading books <laughs> uh stories really are a great way for kids to engage with hard hmm. things uh, kind of from an outside per- as an observer, right? They, they don't have to engage one-on-one with what the hard thing is, yeah. uh, but they can watch and they can see how this person might be struggling with something of how somebody treated them or how they spoke to them or maybe that person's attitude towards a chore or something their mommy or daddy asked them to do, right? Books are a great way. They're a great example to allow kids to deal with hard things mm. um, either before or after maybe they have dealt with something that's difficult. We've been reading um, about some missionary biographies. I know it sounds like I don't know, maybe it sounds super homeschool, but I love missionary biographies because they are regular broken people that God has called them to do the work uh, no of, of a mission. No And I think our kids, I'm like, I want I want these to be the character and hero trait, like traits of a hero that, that they see and are yeah. cultivated. Well, and this is one of the reasons we, we're big proponents. Uh, I think we will get louder as time goes on, but proponents of leading the reading the full counsel of God to our children. Mm-hmm. So scripture as scripture, not just storybook Bibles, not just summary stories, not even, uh, yeah, those you. are supplemental to yes. the actual <clears throat> reading of scripture. Yeah. Uh, and which is another get through point the gritty stuff, yeah. you know, and I, I would say, honestly, and this is what we've done and maybe for better or worse, feel free to push back. Some of the stuff that's maybe I'll say, uh, this is a bad way to put it, but boring. So like Leviticus, <laughs> it's not boring if you, if you know what you're reading, but it's, it's pretty, it's pretty tiresome. So we'll skip that in favor of skipping the hard passages that ask hard questions. So we just read the Joshua and the battle of Jericho. All right. Mm-hmm. That's one of these like storybook sort of stories. But if you read the scripture, it actually says that they laid to destruction. They devoted all of the women and children and the mm-hmm. men to destruction in mm-hmm. Jericho and, and going through, okay, what is happening here? Girls, mm-hmm. You know, to our five-year-old or eight-year-old or two-year-old's not really tracking. She's in and out from the table. She's in and out. But what 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 do you think about? What does that tell you about who God is? Yeah. Why why do you think that the Bible says that? And He told the people to to devote these the city to destruction, including the women and children. That's not an easy question for an adult to answer. Yeah. And of course, that asks that that makes us as adults, as parents, we have to wrestle with that. And I will say that there is a faithful way to wrestle with mm-hmm. that. And it has to do with the way historical narratives were written back in the day. It has to do with what the holiness of God meant. It had to, mm-hmm. has to do with the wickedness of the surrounding nations or the nations of Canaan, mm-hmm. what they were like. So there's a way to wrestle with it that will expose the children to right. challenging things. It prefer, mm-hmm. prepares their hearts for the realities of of sin and its effects and the holiness of God. And right. therefore. This is, don't lose this. Therefore, the goodness and grace of God so good. in so that. Good. And so you can say, you can always, that's the beauty of being in this dispensation of grace that we're in is that we can always end it with the, look what Jesus did. So good. And look who, look who he is and look what he did for you. So good. So, so ways we can prepare our <clears throat> children's hearts for hard things, our stories, 
Uh, we would always and first and foremost say read the Bible with them, the actual mm. Bible. Uh, pray for your kids and pray with them when they're dealing with hard things. Those are moments, folks. Those are the yeah. ones that are going to be defining you as a safe place, as their parent, as someone who cares about them and who is also instructing them uh, through these hard times. So be that constant for them. So we've in a short period of time, we've traveled a lot of ground here, but to, to kind of take it back to the top, we talked about how do we prepare our children for mm-hmm. work, for the work of God in their lives, but also for the work that he has for them mm-hmm. out of their out of their life. And I think it always has to come down to, like you said, centering on the, mm-hmm. the truths of God in scripture, the truth, the capital T truth himself, that is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And without that work will just be nothing but mm-hmm. thorns and nothing yeah. but pain. But with God as the backdrop and the reason and the context and the the, the termination point of our work mm-hmm. as parents, we have we have the hope of light of life in the light of Scripture mm-hmm. to shine on the hard things of life for our children. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, with that said, like we never want to end these videos without making you. I guess, making you aware of the light that's available to you in Christ himself. Mm-hmm. If you're hearing us talk and you're saying, man, I really want that sense of purpose for my life. We want to encourage you that Jesus is the only source of that purpose for you and that he's inviting you into relationship with him, into trusting him and mm-hmm. repenting and turning from your sin, turning away from rebellion toward him and turning toward him and his in obedience mm-hmm. and responding to his grace. Cause Jesus died for sinners so mm. that you might be saved, that you might be cleansed of your unrighteousness and, and have eternal life in him. If you want to know more about that, you can go to the news is That's a website we set up just to lay out the gospel in plain terms. So you can understand it scripturally mm-hmm. and have the basic understanding of it. And then to give you a, a step on the right path toward committing your life to Christ, to to believing and trusting in Jesus for your salvation and finding someone to help you walk that out mm-hmm. in your day-to-day life. So we invite you to go to thenewsisgood.com. With that said, let me pray us out and then yeah. we'll call an episode. Lord, I thank you for the work that you are constantly doing in crafting, um, crafting us souls mm-hmm. into your likeness. Lord, you are the ultimate craftsman and you've called us and commissioned us into your craft and that is to disciple others, to make disciples and to... Uh, to share this good news to the ends of the earth. So Lord, I pray that you'd help us as parents to do that faithfully in the lives and the hearts of our children. I pray that you'd help us to show our children what that means for them to do it faithfully. Lord, I pray for the parents listening to this that they're tired, that you would uh, infuse into their hearts all the hope and joy that you have for them, mm-hmm. what it means to be a parent in light of your full goodness and your full grace, Lord. We May we parent uh, unto your glory. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this episode of Fierce Parenting is. We'll see you again in about seven days. So until next time. Stay fierce.